I'm Neil Cowling, the founder of Fresh Air Production, and this is Fresh Ears, our podcast where we speak to clients and producers to reflect on brand-funded series that we've created. By having our wash-up sessions recorded like this, we hope that we can inform and inspire others who may be considering creating their own podcast series. We also learn plenty ourselves along the way. Having finished Series 1 and before we embark on Series 2, we thought we'd pull together some of the themes that emerged during our conversations. In this episode, we're hearing why our clients decided to create brand-funded podcast series, what audience insight brought them to audio, what were they trying to achieve, and what did podcasting offer that other content routes didn't. We'll hear a broad range of marketing professionals discuss their motivation to podcast. We start with AQA, Britain's biggest exam board, we created Inside Exams, a series aimed squarely at teachers. Lauren Boothman from AQA talked about the thinking that led them to commission a podcast. We hadn't done an awful lot of brand stuff in in the last couple of years. So our market strategists had gone away and done a lot of research into what is going to be the best way to engage teachers on something that's that's quite brand led and the research that came out was that that we've got a lot of teachers that listen to podcasts we've got a lot of teachers that listen to podcasts on their commute to work so the brief came into me with with podcasts already chosen as as our format of content and that was lovely because it was completely brand new completely brand new to me and completely brand new to the business so I felt quite sort of fortunate to be the person to lead on this and try out this new piece of content and how that was going to go the main objective hardest to achieve was to improve trust in us as a company, obviously, you know it's, it's probably no secret that, that that teachers have got lots of opinions about exam boards. Some good, some bad, and and obviously we've got a tough job. And not everybody at the end of, of a summer exam series is is going to be entirely happy with what they've got. So yeah, it's it's a tough business sometimes. So AQA were trying to engage with a community that was sometimes hostile. On the other hand, Happyful Magazine a mental health publication edited by Lucy Donahue already had a strong community of readers. So why did they want to turn them into listeners as well? Their podcast is called I Am, I Have. The whole organisation is about talking and sharing and it felt like a podcast was absolutely the right thing to do when we have a huge amount of, we have 22,000 professionals who are part of the network who all offer a kind of therapy which includes talking at some point. So really a podcast was the next step in extending that community and being able to connect with people and share more about what therapy is but also share more about the fact that we can be a lot of different things and still live with a mental health challenge. You know, it doesn't define us. And I think it's very easy to label people by their mental illness. But we're all a million things. A mental illness or a physical illness is just a tiny part of that. I think what the podcast achieves is it gives someone their own unfiltered voice. 
because with a magazine, inevitably, there is a certain amount of framing that goes on through the writer, through the editor. There will always be a slight change to the tone or, or bits will have to be taken away because we don't have endless pages. With a podcast, you hear, you hear someone's voice, you hear their highs and their lows throughout the conversation and you get much more of an unfiltered sense of who that person is. And it's an extension, really, of what we do in the magazine. It's an extension of that conversation. This aspect of depth and unfiltered storytelling is true of the biggest podcast we made in 2020, The Big Steel. This dealt with high-level geopolitics, intrigue and crime over the course of 20 years. And GML, representing the shareholders of an oil company stolen by Vladimir Putin, wanted to use podcasting to bring this complex tale to a mass audience. Their director of communications is Jonathan Hill. In 2014, an independent international arbitral tribunal in The Hague concluded 10 years of work and they concluded unanimously that Yukos Oil Company had been uh, unlawfully and brutally expropriated and that that was part of a political vendetta uh, steered by the Putin regime and targeting Mikhail Khodorkovsky who had been the head of Yukos Oil Company, and uh, Mikhail Khodorkovsky went on to spend a decade in jail, together with his business partner, Platon Lebedev. The reason we wanted to come to you and, and work with Fresh Air is that we have always felt that this is a story that the, the public needed to know, because it's a, a very vivid case study, which shows how the Putin regime operates, it shows how far it's willing to go. I think a podcast made sense because we needed a medium that was going to capture the whole complexity of the story. As I've outlined very briefly, this is a very complex story. It's a story which is now 20 years old. And it's got various threads running through it. There's the legal thread. Clearly, there's a geopolitical thread about Russia and how the West deals with a very brutal authoritarian regime and it raises questions about whether we in our democracies are able to hold to account and bring to justice that regime. But there are a number of very poignant human stories that run through all of that from beginning to end. People who have suffered for different reasons, people who are fighting for justice, so I think the podcast allowed us to get the, the texture of that story and all the different nuances and threads and dimensions. I think in some ways we were reminding a certain community about this story and why it was still relevant and why it was still significant to our democracies in the West. People know the name Mikhail Khodorkovsky, they've heard of UCOS. But I think we felt that there was a danger that that story would slowly be forgotten and that the lessons of that story would be forgotten. We're fighting essentially a legal battle in the courts, in The Hague, in the Netherlands. And that's from a communications perspective. That's a very slow-moving affair which doesn't throw up much news except when you come to those major milestones of a, of a ruling. So I think, again, that telling the story reminding people what it was about and why it's still significant today. I think that's what we were trying to do. And sometimes podcasting gives you the chance to really dive into detail 
and let the story breathe. The producer of The Big Steel was Martin Points Roberts. In a podcast, you have time and flexibility. An interview we, we recorded with Ben Emerson QC was, in my opinion, so good that we, we ran 18 minutes of it straight <laughs> without sort of cutting it down. He speaks so beautifully about the subject that he, he's involved in. And you think, well, you know, where else could I do something like that? Where else could we tell the story as thoroughly, as comprehensively and as clearly, and I think as fairly, The Big Steel wasn't a traditional legal or politics podcast. It took the grammar of true crime and gave the story a stylistic twist. This is also true of The Case Files, created with Slater and Gordon lawyers. Alison Jackson Carter is the head of media and comms. They work with marketeers 4DC led by Howard Kosky, specialists in audio PR who used their analysis of the market to identify podcasting as the right channel. But Alison had been listening lots already. When I was on maternity leave with my second, I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts. And it felt like a really fresh and powerful medium for storytelling. And I have a really, really great in-house comms team. We work with the media and we get really high levels of media coverage. But I think we're all aware that there is a decline in circulation for print readership. And I guess Having had such a a nice experience listening to so many podcasts, I thought, I'm sure this is something that we can get involved in. So through my conversations with Howard and the work that we were doing with Marketeers and 4DC, we found out that there were legal podcasts out there, but it was really clear to us that none of those legal podcasts were talking about the law from the client side. They were by lawyers for lawyers, and none of them were telling the stories of real people in their own words. And that kind of was the spark really for us to think, There's an opportunity for us here to be doing something that nobody else is doing out there and to be serving our clients and telling their stories and educating people about the law in a way that no one else is doing. The Slater and Gordon comms team are very media literate uh, to their credit. We'd seen trends a number of a few years ago in terms of the direction of travel of podcasts and the evolution of. We spent a fair time in North America seeing how a lot of brands were using podcasts as a route to market. And in terms of storytelling and narratives, if you think that traditional broadcast outlets allow you perhaps five minutes, on average five to seven minutes, sometimes the storytelling of the some of the cases Slater and Gordon were involved in across their their, their business channels uh, would warrant a longer conversation. We did an audit amongst other legal practices saw that the way they were coming at it was very dry, classic kind of brand, self-publishing what it wants to talk about rather than considering what people might be interested in listening. Uh, so we did the audit, you know, the rationalisation of why podcasting an audience was something we wanted to, to validate through a series. And that's, that's how we came to where we are. Earlier, we heard Lauren at AQA talk about using podcasts to create a direct line to the listener and try to address their perception of a brand. This is no truer than in the case of Shell. Bryony McKenzie presents the Energy Podcast, as well as being the editor of Digital Channels. And I think a lot of people are quite surprised when they realise that that an energy company has a podcast. I mean, they're great for Shell, I think, for three for three reasons. Podcasts are global, and as you said, Shell is a multinational, so it's really important for us to have that global platform. Secondly, it's really important for us to have that robust conversation around the big topics. And we found that podcasts really enable us to do that, have a real deep dive, hear different arguments 
and have a debate, which is sort of particularly important in the industry that that we're in. And I think lastly, as a as a form of communication, you know, you read any analysis and podcasts are becoming more popular. So as a means of, of communicating with an audience, they're really, really valuable for reaching people because we know that more and more people, especially in the areas that we have a lot of clients in, a lot of customers, a lot of interested people, they're listening there. So UK, Netherlands, the US, that's where our market is. So they're a really, really important tool for us. So my particular goal, um, my personal goal is to engage with people who have no interest in us as a company. Um, and that is a challenge, but yeah, I think a podcast really helps with that. And I think the energy podcast from the outset, we aim to ask difficult questions. An example being the episode titled, why doesn't Shell just stop producing oil and gas? So what we hope to achieve is for people to see the companies capable of being challenged asking really difficult questions of ourselves, questioning our role and what we're doing. And as I said before, it's it's a really important time um, for us as a company to, to be transparent and hold ourselves accountable, particularly with the focus on climate change at the moment. Our job as producers is to be the critical friend. What the brand wants to say and what the listener wants to hear can be very different things. Annie Day is the producer. I remember um, some of the first meetings that we had about it and the the person working with us at the time just said to me, constantly ask, is this interesting? Or even stronger, is this boring? Do you care? And to have a brand say that to you, it was, it really took me aback because that, that doesn't always happen. Um, and he was very clear, this is not a puff piece for Shell. So if at any point you're listening to something and you think this is just one big advert or you're listening and you've just totally zoned out, tell us and and you'd be bold enough to tell us and they've absolutely stuck to that throughout we are going to have people who criticize well who are critical of what we're doing and we're fine with that because it's a discussion and it's not black and white and there are so many ways to slice a cake that you know we're not going to be right all the time does shell do it in other mediums um at the very highest level it you know we all have the sort of the CEO and and other sort of senior leaders having sort of robust debate and being challenged. But I think that I think the podcast is unique in that respect. And I, I don't know if there are any other energy companies that are really doing that. And to us as an organization, I think it's really important because of transparency. And we need to really be open and honest about what we're doing, what we're not doing, and what we need to do more of. And finally, from something oily to something pretty, the Royal Botanic Gardens at Kew. Why on earth would a brand that's so visual that attracts millions of people to come and see its product want to bother with a podcast? Meryl Westlake, the Senior Digital Content Manager, explains what brought them into the world of audio. We obviously do quite a lot of photos and a lot of stories and a lot of film and Kew is a very visual place and Wakehurst as well, our other gardens. So you, as an immersive experience, enter the gardens and you your senses are absolutely taken over by the sights, the sounds, the smells of such a wonderful place. However, Kew is not just the gardens and having this walled physical gardens makes people feel like they can't always enter unless they have to pay a fee when actually a lot of our work is global and the gardens are just a demonstration of that work. We have not just the horticultural expertise, but we also have a huge science and global partnership, uh, conservation, research, medicinal, botanical, taxonomical, an endless list of experts who work to try and 
understand why plants and fungi are important to all life on Earth. So we really wanted to tell that story. And being in the gardens is just a piece of the puzzle. So how do we get people excited about plants and fungi? How do they connect better with the natural world? How do we make them cool in the same way that animals have always been a bit cool? Uh, so that was the challenge that we kind of set ourselves. And one of the reasons we approached a podcast is because it's a whole other audience that we know maybe don't get this sort of story on a lot of the platform. There was only a couple of plant-based podcasts of any note out there. They were largely horticultural, something a bit more country filish, which is great, but it doesn't really tell that story of the relevance in plants and fungi to everyday life. And that's sort of the brief that we, we went in with. People love audio. They love podcasts. It doesn't make you look too hard. You don't have to look at a screen. You can still walk about. You can put your headphones in and just zone out and learn something new. So it really could be a great opportunity for us to spread into a different medium. So I hope that's a useful selection of angles on brands coming to podcasting. It's about audience insight and recognising the unique qualities of podcasting itself, the intimate user experience, the captive and keen audience, and using that depth of engagement to say something new to your community of highly engaged listeners. If you'd like to find out more about how Fresh Air Production can bring your business into podcasting and how you can use this wonderful medium to your brand's advantage, please do visit freshairproduction.co.uk. We'll help you explore how to create a powerful and effective podcast. We'll guide you through the process and we'll be gentle with you, I promise. I'm Neil Cowling. That was Fresh Ears. Thank you very much for listening. Fresh.